Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 36, Tweet Off, is the second of our three Church Ahead ad clarums. What does a parish priest neglecting their ministry sound like? When we moved into the house next door to the vicarage when I was nine, I rather liked the sound of piano scales and arpeggios coming over the garden fence. They went on for hours every day. But my mother would often ask no one in particular, hasn't this vicar got anything better to do? Doesn't he have any work to do? Perhaps his four hours a day piano practice helped refresh him. When I started playing piano, he helped me to get going, so I don't want to be too harsh on the man. But I can't help wondering if the closure of that church within two decades might have been delayed if the centre of his working day revolved around something more, well, workmanlike ministerial. But I want us to consider the distracting pull against effective ministry of a different sort of keyboard today. Not that clergy are the only group of people wrestling with this particular distraction. Greater Manchester Police have not performed well in recent years. Response times, conviction rates and softer measures of public perception have all bumped along the bottom for so long that the government's patience ran out and the regulator was put in to sort them out in special measures. Now, of course, this has no relevance to a well-run organisation like the church, but bear with me. The present chief police officer, Stephen Watson, has made some progress in lifting the performance. One of his most refreshingly honest public changes of direction came in November 2022. He said this, Using social media in these contested times requires a particular skill. I have to admit this is a skill we do not seem to have. So for the most part, regardless of our intentions, we tend to use social media badly. The public don't care what I've had for breakfast or what my opinions are on contemporary social issues. They want to see us catch criminals. Much of our social media seems to many people like virtue signalling. That is because it is virtue signalling. End of quote. I wonder whether Chief Constable Watson's crackdown on his officer's use of social media might have some relevance for clergy. Okay, clergy are not coppers. And part of me thinks the vicar should have a head start over PC plod in using any form of communication. Surely communication is at the heart of what clergy do. They're experts in communication, aren't they? Police officers might be trained to chase naughty people down the street, but clergy are trained to weigh words and express themselves thoughtfully, aren't they? I suppose every new technology of communication creates new opportunities for people with a message and new dangers to get it wrong. Social media provides a new medium for police to throw their weight around and to extend their control over people's lives. 
And what does it offer clergy for good and ill? I think it provides an irresistible temptation to hear the sound of their own voice and celebrate their self-importance over one more new channel, creating new distraction, providing new ways to make a fool of yourself. I can understand why clergy are losing faith in the old channel of standing in a pulpit and preaching sermons to empty pews. We're not looking at preaching today, so I won't remind you of how preaching has been characterised as bad communication for centuries. But I'm genuinely astonished at how slow clergy are to see the pitfalls of social media in general, and Twitter in particular. But there's no doubt in my mind that the 21st century equivalent of Jane Austen for the 18th century and Anthony Trollope for the 19th century, portraying the clergy of their generation, that when this generation of clergy are portrayed, their dreadful tweets will feature prominently. This is the second of three Church Ahead ad clarums, consciously in the style of Hensley Henson, Bishop of Durham, 100 years ago. And my charge to you today is this. Tweet off. Get off Twitter. Close your account. Don't read it. Don't write it. Keep away. Just leave it alone. So whom shall we pick on as a first good example of the tweeting clergy? I know. Let's start by looking round Auckland Castle where Hensley Henson held court. So let's take a look to see if there's anyone there today. It's a wonderful place and I'd recommend the tourist tour to see the restoration under the leadership of local philanthropist Jonathan Ruffer, who's regenerating the whole town. The visitor experience shows you how the role of Bishop of Durham has evolved, don't say declined, down the ages. The Church of England no longer owns the valuable Spanish paintings sold off to pay bills, and the Bishop of Durham no longer occupies the whole castle palace and 800 acres. But there's still a wing housing the present-day Bishop of Durham, who is Paul Butler. So let's have a look at one aspect of Bishop Paul's ministry, his communication. Now spare a thought for how hard it is for him. When he stands up to speak in the House of Lords, he has to share this limelight with 25 other bishops. But he can speak to his diocese and the whole world on Twitter. So I've read his tweets over the past couple of months. He mentions visits to Hartlepool and Bransworth, fine places in his patch. But most of what he has to say is attacking the government about the issue of asylum and the need for food banks and warm banks in County Durham. I can't help wondering what he thinks he's achieving. Does he think the government policy on migration is going to be enlightened by his short, barbed messages? Does he think he's telling anyone in this country something they don't already know about the cost of living crisis? I suppose it's nice to know your bishop cares about your struggles, but is this really the best way to show it? I am not impressed by this bishop's social media. He's written over 6,000 tweets 
and he's not even the worst by any means. The Bishop of Leeds is far worse. For many years, the bishop who I received at Clarems from was Peter Forster, Bishop of Chester. If Hensley Henson was a berating blunderbuss, Forster was like a tactful civil servant. He drafted them carefully, and they were often very revealing about new developments in church life. In the late noughties, he made an issue out of the dangers of Facebook. I was amazed how many scrapes clergy got themselves into using this new platform. Middle-aged men flirting with 15-year-old girls, for instance. And I would love to have seen Peter Forster's guidance on Twitter. What's wrong with Twitter? Surely we should use every medium of communication we can get hold of. Look, although I've never sent a tweet, I think I have done the essence of Twitter many times. Come with me to my primary school. See me, ten years old, <coughs> stood in the middle of the playground at Yew Tree Junior School. My gang is behind me, and I'm getting my blood up for a fight with that other gang in front of me over there. In essence, Twitter has two main purposes, just like my role as a gang leader in the school playground. One is to shout at those idiots over there and tell them how stupid they are, and the other is to reassure my gang stood behind me how good I am. Insulting your enemies and shoring up your standing with your own side, that's what it's all about. Most people don't like being called idiots, and Christian ministry is not about reassuring your own flock how wonderful you are. The whole thing is inherently destructive. When you go on Twitter, you're caught in the commercial crossfire of forces much stronger than you because their business model thrives on getting people angry. Their advertisers don't care about increasing insight or understanding. They want a slanging match. And slanging is not very good Christian ministry. You're just trying to keep us out of politics. No, Christian ministry is often political. But you need to be careful what you say and how you say it. You can't afford to be unnecessarily divisive. When I was a curate, I went to an election hustings in our church hall for the general election. It was chaired by one of our church council, who rightly was stricter with me because of the office I held in that community. I wanted to ask two questions. I wanted to ask the Labour candidate a question and the Conservative candidate a question. I had quite sort of point-scoring difficult questions in mind. But when I stood up to ask my questions, the chair would only allow me to ask one question. So I withdrew and sat down because I didn't think it wise to question only one party in a point-scoring fashion. Part of what makes Twitter dangerous is its brevity. You can't really do even-handedness or nuance or thoughtfulness in 140 characters or whatever it is. Usually, it's better to say nothing. Let me tell you about the day when Hensley Henson would have been better to say nothing. Let me tell you about his tweet. How could someone tweet 100 years before the platform was invented? 
Well, I'm interested in the human dynamic of Twitter, more so than the technology. Just as I tweeted in the school playground, let me tell you about Hensley Henson's worst tweet. In 1936, the unemployed men of Jarrow, on the south bank of the Tyne, marched to London to draw attention to their plight. For me, this was a peaceful protest by brave men who deserved the church's support. Henson's suffragan bishop, Bishop of Jarrow, blessed the march. So what did Henson do? He publicly attacked the junior bishop and denounced the march as revolutionary mob pressure. This ill-informed, inflammatory attack would no doubt please the establishment behind him and no doubt offend a lot of good people in front of him. So I'm not saying let's go back to the good old days. I'm saying let's see destructive provocation for what it is in every age on every platform. Yes, I'm picking on the present-day Bishop of Durham in the style of the man in that office 100 years ago. Let me compare the present Bishop of Durham, Paul Butler, with another member of the House of Lords today. Like Paul Butler, Lord Alex Carlyle is interested in the issue of migration into this country. His parents were refugees. His sister was in the Nazi death camps. His legal career has given him huge experience of international issues of human rights. And he's very interested in this issue. So what has he tweeted? Nothing. But he has set up a cross-party independent commission to present policy proposals to the government in how to manage migration into this country. Now that's what I call a serious and constructive contribution. Some bishops bring real expertise to their comments on national life. I'd be happy to listen to anything the Bishop of London says about our health service because she was chief nursing officer not many years ago. But I'm not aware that Paul Butler brings any great understanding to this issue. And even if he did, Twitter would not be the way to share it. So my advice to the present Bishop of Durham, in the style of your predecessor from a 100 years ago, is if you really care about this issue, then raise your game, Paul. Meanwhile, tweet down, tweet off. The other way in which Twitter is widely misused by clergy as well as pontificating about politics, is in aggravating internal church battles. The tweets from the main campaigning grooms about sexuality really don't impress me. They deepen divisions and make each group feel smug with superiority. Very rarely do they reach out in a creative way to the other side. It looks sad and mean-spirited. It makes church look like a community where people can insult each other but can't do grown-up conversation. When a deacon is ordained, the bishop's opening line in the prayer book is this. God calls his people to declare the wonderful deeds of him who's called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Yes, Twitter is calling you to declare something. 
but more often than not, it's calling you out of declaring God's wonderful light into darkness. The darkness of ignorance and division. And one more D. Yes, it is a distraction. Not unlike the distraction Chief Constable Watson spotted for Mancunian coppers. Like police officers, clergy have got better things to do. So, tweet off. If you would like a suggestion for a different form of communication, why not try this one? Stand in front of someone who's just told you something. Close your eyes and say about 20 words, reflecting what you've heard, beginning with the two words, O Lord, and ending with the word, Amen. Yes, I know many clergy will not like this. Hensley Henson was so unpopular among some of his people in the diocese that the miners tried to throw him into the river Weir, only to realise that the last minute that the poor fellow they had hold of was not the bishop but the dean. So what will the clergy do to me for this ad clarum? Perhaps a Twitter mob. Well, that's fine, because I would never see it. And I hope for your sake, you don't see it either. Thank you for listening to episode 36. Please join me next week for the final ad clarum, Get Out.